call him Daniel Leakins and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all the books that I read for the last 14 years. And today, I have my special guest. He's the author of the book Sustainable Excellence, 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon an extraordinary life. No other than Mr. Terry Tucker. Well, Daniel, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today. Yes, and welcome to Book 101 and My Love Letters. Mr. Tucker, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. So uh, my name is Terry Tucker. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I'm the oldest of three boys. You can't tell this from my voice, but I'm six foot eight inches tall. And I actually went to college on a basketball scholarship at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. After I graduated from college, I'm really gonna date myself now, Daniel, but this was long before the internet was available to help people find employment. So I moved home to find a job. My first job I was fortunate to get was in the marketing department at the corporate headquarters of Wendy's International, the hamburger chain. That was the good news. The bad news was, that I ended up living with my parents for the next three and a half years as I helped my mother care for my father and my grandmother who were both dying of different forms of cancer. Professionally, as I said, I started out at Wendy's, then I moved to hospital administration, and then I made a major pivot in my life and became a police officer. And part of what I did during my law enforcement career was I was a SWAT team hostage negotiator. After law enforcement, I started a school security consulting business, coached girls high school basketball when we lived in Texas. But for the last 11 and a half years now, I've been battling a rare form of cancer, a rare form of melanoma. And then I guess just finally, my wife and I celebrated our 30 year wedding anniversary yesterday. We have one child, a daughter, who's in the military here in the United States. Congratulations. Thank um, you. Mr. Tucker for the anniversary. What a journey in life, Mr. Tucker. So tell us about your 600 guests on a podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, so podcasting was certainly something that was foreign to me when I, when I first started. I, I had just started a a speaking business when COVID hit. And like so many other uh, entrepreneurs, companies, I had to figure out a different way to deliver my message. Nobody was doing anything either in person or even virtually uh, on the internet. So I had to figure out a different way to deliver my service. And it's kind of a funny story. Somebody had reached out to me and said, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And I said, sure, what's a podcast? Daniel, I had no idea what a podcast was. I, I, and they were like, well, we kind of have a conversation and then we put it up on social media for people to, to talk about or to leave comments. And I said, sure, I, I'd be happy to do that. 
I was incredibly nervous. I had uh, actually posted notes all around the camera with different things I wanted to cover. And, and the host would ask me a question and I would kind of lean in and read the posted notes. I was terrible, Daniel. When I started this, I was horrible. I, I didn't, I wasn't any good at it. But then, you know, I thought back. I mean, the first time I ever cooked a meal, the first time I ever studied algebra, the first time, uh, you know, I, I ever drove a car. Was it was I good at it? No, I, I was I was not good at it. That's what that's what practice and learning and developing skills teaches us. And so I, I continued to want to be better. And I, I remember I had a conversation with my publisher and I, I said, Scott, you know, I, I listen to every podcast that I've ever been on. And I said, I want to be good. I want to I want to see how many times I say, um, or huh. Or do I have a better story to illustrate a point? Or can I tighten up a story that I use? And he said, no, 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 Terry, it's not about being good. It's just about not sucking. And I said, well, thanks for the title of my next book. Just don't suck. That's not really the title of my next book. But, <laughs> but, but I said, no, that's, that's not what it's about. I want to be good so that the host feels that whatever time we spend together, an hour, a half hour, whatever it ends up being, that that is something that they feel was time well spent. So I've, I've been guest on 600 podcasts all over the world, uh, China, India, Africa, Australia, North America, South America. It, it has been a lot of fun for me because I've met incredibly nice, incredibly gracious people who have allowed me to tell my story. And hopefully that story will help other people. Inspirational, uh, Mr. Tucker. So what age did you realize that you are good in writing? You know, I, I, that's something we used to always tell our daughter, you know, sort of play to your strengths, play to what you're good at. God, I believe, gave us all unique gifts and talents. Um, numbers, math, I, I, I'm okay at it, but I'm not great at it. So if you put me in a job as, as an accountant, I would probably not be happy doing that line of work. But in writing, it was something that um, I, I basically, since high school, have enjoyed writing, have enjoyed storytelling. And, and I think that's the storytelling part of it is really what's important to me because we learn, our brains are set up to learn through stories. If I gave you a fact, that would be one thing. But if I gave you a fact and then I told you a story that illustrated that fact, you would probably have a much better uh, opportunity to recall that fact because you would tie it to a story. So I think stories are incredibly important. I mean, before we had the, the written word, things got passed down from generation to generation through stories, through the stories that people told to their to their ancestors. So. I think storytelling is incredibly important. I love telling stories and I love then writing those stories down. I have a notebook that I that I write things down and sometimes it's just a, a saying or a quote. Sometimes it's a story. Uh, sometimes it's just a paragraph that I read somewhere that I really like or a lyric to a song or a poem or a prayer and I'll write it in this notebook. And it, it just helps me when I when I do my writings to go back and, and have some inspiration, some motivation with the things that I've already found.
How about being a motivational speaker, Mr. Tucker? Yeah, that really came from my uh, 11-plus-year cancer experience. I I am a relatively private individual. I, I am not one to share my story, but people kept telling me, you should, you should talk about your story. You should talk about what you learned so that you can help other people. And I really was hesitant to do that. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, oh gosh, yeah, I can't wait to get out there and do that. But I, I felt it was enough people were making the suggestion. I thought it was something that I might want to at least pursue. And so I, I, I you know, I, I got out there. I, 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 again, the first time I spoke, was any good? Probably not great. I mean, it might, I think it was a good talk, but I don't think it was a great talk. And I wanted it to be great. So again, I spend time, usually every day, researching, looking at, reviewing, listening, watching different speakers on how they deliver their message, that their tone of voice, their, their inflection, their jokes, their stories. And things like that, and and I'll be honest with you, Daniel. I I kind of I kind of beg, borrow, and steal from those people. It's like, boy, I like that. I think I'll incorporate that, you know, in, into my speaking and things like that. So it was it was not something I was real excited to do at the beginning, just because I am so private. And if you want to be good as a speaker, if you want to be good as as an author, you have to be authentic. You have to put yourself out there the good and the bad, you, you know, here's where I made mistakes. Here's something that went right. Here's something that went wrong. Here's something that I regret because people can see through people that are phony, that are just trying to say, Oh, look at me. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, we all, we're human beings. We make mistakes. The question is, can you take those mistakes and can you learn something positive from them and then apply that positivity to your life? Very well said, Mr. Tucker. So what are your short-term and long-term goals in writing? Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of goals. I'll be honest with you. They're, they're, goals are not something um, I, I'm still being treated for my cancer every three weeks. And, and so I don't know how much longer I, I have on the face of this earth, but I, I wrote my first book. I am now compiling uh, the stories that I want to include in a second book. Uh, I was just featured in a book and quoted in a book that was released over in the United Kingdom. And I just got asked to write a chapter in a book about cancer that is highlighting cancer patients and family members. So I'm kind of busy in the, in the writing mode right now, which I love. It, it, it's something I enjoy. It's something uh, I, I, I wanna do more of. So this has been a, a great opportunity for me. So I, I, I hopefully, I, I need to find time to start my book. And uh, I think I've got the stories. I think I'm in good shape. I do not have any kind of a timeline yet. I remember when I, when I wrote my first book, I had two very simple rules. And the first rule was, I will write a minimum of one page every day Monday through Saturday. I will take Sunday off. So I will write a page, at least one page every day. And the second rule was I will not edit anything until I feel I have the first draft of the book done. 
And there were days, Daniel, where I would sit down at the computer and I would write absolute garbage. It, it was terrible. And I was frustrated and mad at myself. And then the next day, I might write something better. And then maybe the next day I wrote garbage again. And then the next day I'd write something even better. And so over time, I, like I said, I didn't edit. I just kind of put it, at all, put it all together. And then when I finished the first draft, I went through it. And I was like, okay, I'm taking that out. I'm taking that out. I don't like that. I'm going to expand on that. That's pretty good. And I had this manuscript. But as a first-time author, I didn't know if I had anything worth publishing. And so I, I gave the manuscript to some friends and I said, please be brutally honest. Tell me this stinks. Tell me it's great. Tell me it's okay. Whatever you tell me, I'll, I'll take it from there. And every one of them said, no, you need to get this published. This, was, this is definitely something that would benefit people to read. So that's how I started the first book. And that's, that's hopefully how I will, I will write this second book as well. Yes, congratulations, Mr. Tucker, and I will include you on Thank my you. prayers. On my prayers that you will be at cancer free soon. Thank you very much, Daniel. You're welcome. But before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening according to my ranking tops in the last 30 days. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because in Zambia, I got number seven on the Apple chart, Pakistan at number 20, Qatar at 29, Oman at 33, Slovenia at 45, Belgium at number 44, Canada at 53, Oman at 53, United Republic of Tanzania at 79, and uh, in uh, Belgium. Thank you, Belgium, at number 95 uh, on arts, but in books, I got on the number 39. And, of course, in Nigeria at 69, Egypt at 136, Zimbabwe at 137, Cambodia at 144, Singapore at 154, South Africa at 182, Norway at 183. And thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created in power writers all over the world like Mr. Terry Tucker. So Mr. Terry, sustainable excellence, 10 principles to leading your uncommon and extraordinary life. How did you craft it? Yeah, the, the, the book is really born out of two conversations that I had. Uh, I mentioned I'd been a high school basketball coach, uh, and I had, a, I had a player who moved to the area in the United States uh, with her fiancé, and my wife and I had dinner with her and her fiancé one night, and I remember saying to her after dinner that I was excited that she was living close and I could watch her find and live her purpose. And she got real quiet for a while. And then she looked at me and she said, well, coach, what do you think my purpose is? I said, I have absolutely no idea what your purpose is, but that's what your life should be about. Finding the reason you were put on the face of this earth, using your unique gifts and talents, and then living that purpose, living that reason. So that was one conversation. And then I had a young man 
in college who reached out to me on social media and he asked me what I thought were the most important things that he should learn not to just be successful in his job or in business, but to be successful in life. And Daniel, I didn't want to give him the, you know, the cliches, the get up early, work hard, help others. Not that those aren't important. Those are incredibly important. But I wanted to see if I could go deeper with him. And so I, I would, was walking around with sort of a pad and paper uh, and, and pencil. And I was like, okay, you know, here's the thought. Here's an idea. So I, I eventually had these, these 10 thoughts, these 10 ideas, these 10 principles. And so I sent them to him. And then I stepped back and I was like, well, I've got a life story that fits underneath this principle, or I know somebody whose life emulates that principle. So in 2020, as a result of my cancer, I had my left leg amputated. And I spent three to four months healing from that amputation. And while I was healing, I sat down at the computer every day and I built stories. And they're real stories about real people underneath each of the principles. And that's how sustainable excellence, the 10 principles to leading your uncommon and extraordinary life came to be. That'd be awesome, Mr. Tucker. Sustainable excellence, what behind the title of your self-help book? Yeah, I, I mean, sustainable excellence. People always ask me, sustainable excellence, what is excellence? And my response is, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? You wrote a book called Sustainable Excellence. How can you not know what excellence is? And, and the reason I say I don't know is because I think excellence, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. I think you have to define excellence for yourself. Daniel, you and I may watch a movie or we may watch a sports team or we may know a business person or a doctor or a lawyer or, or a teacher or whoever it is. And you may look at that movie or you may look at that individual and you may say, boy, I think that's that movie was excellent or I think that teacher is, a, is excellent. And I may look at it and say, huh, I, I think they're good, but I don't think they're excellent. And, and that's why I think you have to define, you have to decide what excellence is in your mind. So once you do that, once you've determined what excellence looks like for you, then the next question is, how do you sustain it? And I, I've seen so many people in my life that have worked incredibly hard and got to the proverbial top of the mountain and they've arrived and they've made it and their company is successful or they're successful in what they do or whatever it ends up being. And then what do they do? They, they sit back, they kind of put their feet up on the desk, they pour themselves a drink and they're like, okay, I've arrived. And then what happens? Six months from now, a year from now, boom, another company, another individual, all of a sudden is better than them. And they're like, wait a minute, what happened? Well, what happened is you didn't sustain your excellence. And the way you sustain excellence is you constantly improve. You constantly find new channels. You constantly find new customers to deliver your product or your service to. If you're willing to just sort of sit back and say, I've made it and I don't want to work any harder, 
then people are going to pass you up. They're, they're going to be better because they're going to study what made you successful. And then they're going to say, okay, I can do that, but I can also improve upon it. And then they outpace you. They, they outsell you. And all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute, what happened? You didn't innovate. You didn't find new customers. You didn't find new markets. So I think that's, that's where sustainable excellence came from. You define excellence in your life, and then you sustain it by constantly growing, developing, and improving in your life. Very well said, Mr. Tucker. So what inspired you to write Sustainable Excellence? Yeah, it was, it was really, you know, the two conversations I had that I mentioned before, and people were suggesting, kind of like my speaking business, you should write a book, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I was like, nah, no, I, I don't, I don't really want to write a book. And, and there's a, there's an old joke here in the U.S. that says, when we talk to God, it's called prayer. When God talks to us, it's called schizophrenia. So God never talked to me. God never said, Terry, you should write a book. But I think what God does is he puts people in your path who make the same suggestion over and over and over again. And if you're smart, you'll listen to that suggestion. And, and I think I was. I think I was like, well, I really don't want to do this, but enough people are suggesting that I do this. I think that's God's way of kind of saying, hey, Terry, I want you to write this book. And I always say Sustainable Excellence was written by me, but I think it was inspired by something that was much bigger than me. And for me, that was my faith and what I ultimately believe was God. Very well said, Mr. Tucker. And according to Megan Bracken, excellent read. So what are the elements that you put in the story that make your readers glued to it? So it, I, the book is really, it's 10 principles and each principle is a chapter within the book. And the, the chapters are not necessarily in any particular order. So uh, principle number one, chapter number one is not necessarily any more important than say chapter or principle number seven. And I'll give you, I'll give you the principles right now. So principle number one is enjoy your life. Principle number two, and this is the one that really resonates with me. And in all honesty, it resonates with me because I've done this, and I'm not necessarily proud that I've done this, during the course of my life. So here's principle number two. Most people think with their fears and their insecurities instead of using their minds. And I know I've done that in my life, Daniel. I know I've, I want to do something, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, if I do that, maybe I'm not smart enough, or maybe I don't have enough information or what will people think about me if I fail? That's thinking with our fears and our insecurities. That's not thinking with our minds. And I always, whenever I speak, especially to young people, I always tell them, if there's something in your heart, something in your soul that you believe you're supposed to do, but it scares you, go ahead and do it. Because at the end of your life, the things that you're going to regret are not going to be the things you did. They're going to be those things that you didn't do. And by then it's going to be too late to go back and do them. 
So that's the second principle. The third principle is you were born to live an uncommon and extraordinary life. The fourth one, and I think this is incredibly important as well. The fourth one is remain curious and always ask questions. And I think that goes back to being a lifelong learner. Don't think that when you get out of school or you kind of get into life that, that you know it all, you know everything. You, you don't. You, you, should, you should constantly be learning, constantly be evolving, constantly be developing yourself. I, my goal is to die learning. I, I want to be learning new things. And there are things I know nothing about that, that I read about. I, I know nothing about ballet, but I, I'm taking a, a, a master class uh, on the computer for ballet. Don't know anything about it, but I wanted to learn about it. So being curious, I think, is incredibly important. Number five, the principle is you are the person you're looking to become. You may not be there yet. You may not be that person yet, but you are. You already are that person inside of you. Number six is put your God and your family before everything else. Number seven is be part of something that's bigger than yourself. I, I learned early on, I, I started playing basketball when I was nine years old and played all the way up until I graduated from college. And one of the things that team sports taught me was the importance of being part of something that's bigger than yourself. You realize on a team, and, and for me, it was sports. I think it can be whatever team you're part of, your family, your colleagues, your church, your whatever, your friends, whatever it ends up being, that if you don't do your job on a team, not only do you let yourself down, but you let your teammates down, your coaches down, your fans down, your family down. And if you think about it, the biggest team game that we all play is this game of life. So that's principle seven, principle eight. And this is going to sound probably counterintuitive to what we're taught. But number eight is fail often, especially when you're young. I think a lot of people, especially younger people today, think that people that are successful, people that they look at and say they are successful, never failed. And I can promise you, people that are successful have failed multiple times in their life. The road to success is paved with failure. If you do not fail, you cannot be successful. That's number eight. Number nine is uh, listen more than you talk. That's a whole chapter basically dedicated to what I learned being a hostage negotiator on a SWAT team. And then number 10, and number 10 may be the most important principle. It's love is the most important word in any language. So those are the, the 10 principles of sustainable excellence. Definitely interesting, Mr. Tucker. According to Ms. Colleen Denzler, excellent book to help turn life tougher experiences into positive journey so Tucker, if you compare the classic self-help book of mr dale carnegie how to win friends and influence people to your to your sustainable excellence what's the big difference i i think it's dale carnegie i i mean the man is amazing he, I, i've read that book he's, he's a He's a great writer, and I, I, I only aspire to be 
that great. But I think what's important, and I think he makes a he makes a great distinction, is we we are a culmination of the people that we hang around with. So Daniel, if I didn't know you, but I knew the five people that you hung around with the most, I could probably tell you a lot about the type of person that you are, the things that you value, what your goals, dreams, and ambitions are, just by hanging around the people that you hang around with. So I think it's incredibly important that we surround ourselves with people that make us better, that that care about us, that love us, that support us, that want the best for us. And we try to limit our exposure to people where their lives are, it's all about them. There's a lot of negativity, a lot of drama in their life, and they, they suck the energy out of you. We should hang around with people that give us energy, that make us feel better, that make us feel stronger, that, that make us feel successful. You know, if you if you hang around with people that are smarter, that are richer, that are have better character than you, you'll be smarter, you'll be richer, and you'll have better character in your life. So I, I always caution people, be careful who you're hanging around with, because if those people aren't willing to love you enough to tell you the truth. I want people around me that'll say, hey, Terry, I wouldn't do that. I think you're messing up. But what do we do when people say that to us? We try to, we, we kind of move them out of our lives. You know, no, they, they don't have my best interest in mind. I, I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with them. No, you need those people in your life. You need people who love you enough that are willing to sacrifice the relationship they have with you because they care enough to tell you the truth. And if you have those people in your life, keep them, nurture those relationships, make them feel like they want to be around you. Because if you're a good person, you hang around with good people, you'll be a good person. If you hang around with people that are low morals and not good character and don't have integrity, then you won't have character. You won't have integrity. You will have low morals. So be careful who you hang around, you're, hang around with. And I think kind of that's what Dale Carnegie was saying in his book, that it's it's really about the relationships we have in life as, as to how far we go in the life that we choose. Very well said, Mr. Tucker. And as they said, tell me your friends and I will tell you who you are. As they... exactly. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Tucker, before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Love Letters, people. Love Letters are collection of love story of people get lost, get crazy and disoriented in the name of love. We will learn from the story and let be in their shoes to feel what it's like to be in love. So please do listen. Love letters, people. So plus my books are out. Food 101 until volume 10. Available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. Food 101 is all about my 100 episodes of my first season of Food 101. Another podcast of mine with 
Chef Alessandro, one of the best executive chefs in one of the best restaurants in downtown Toronto. So please do listen to uh, my two podcasts, Love Letters and Food 101. So Mr. Tucker, can you describe to us the research process behind sustainable excellence? Yeah, the, it was really a collection of stories. As, as I mentioned, I have a, a notebook that I find stories that, that speak to my heart that I think other people could learn from or benefit from. And I, and I write these stories in a notebook. So some of the stories in Sustainable Excellence are from that notebook, stories that I've heard. Some of them are from my own life. And then some, are, some of them are from other people's lives that I've been part of, that I've experienced. Uh, I had a very good friend of mine when I was in my early 30s who developed a, a rare form of cancer, uh, was one of the first bone marrow donor uh, recipients during her cancer experience and ended up dying because of the reaction she had to the donated bone marrow. And I remember being in the hospital room with her. I felt so fortunate to be with my friend when she died. And I was with her family and that, and it was a, it was an, a very moving, very emotional experience for me. And I wrote about that story and, and, and how, she had a choice in her life that she was she was cancer free at the time and the doctors suggested doing the transplant because she was she was healthier she was stronger as opposed to waiting until the disease progressed some more where she might, might not be as strong and she had a choice to make do i have a couple years with my she was recently married with my new husband or do I take a shot at getting rid of this disease through this new procedure, this new technique, bone marrow transplantation, and potentially live a long life, potentially live to, to be in my 60s or 70s or 80s? And that was a at my age, that was a that was a tough decision she had to make. And she chose to, to bet it all. She chose to, to go all in on this transplant. Because a couple of years just wasn't something that she could that, that she could look at and say, no, that's not me. I want to I want to I want to live big. I, I want my life to be based on the decisions that I made, not on the ones that I didn't make or that other people made for me. And so she bet her life on it and she lost. She lost her life. But I think she educated. She certainly motivated. She certainly inspired so many people with the short life that she lived, that I felt it was important to include that story in the book. What challenges did you face while writing Sustainable Excellence? Well, I had very large tumors in my lungs. Um, I had just had my left leg amputated. I was in the middle of COVID. We were all in the middle of COVID. So I, I had some incredible health issues that I was dealing with. And there were days where I was tired. There were days where I was beat up from my cancer treatments that I didn't feel like writing. And I forced myself, like I said, every day to write at least one page in the book. I, I couldn't say, no, I'm not going to do it today. I'm too tired or I don't feel good or I'm, I'm throwing up or I'm nauseous or whatever it was. 
was like, no, I'm going to do this. This is important to me. And one page really isn't that much. But you do one page or maybe I feel better tomorrow. So tomorrow I'll write five pages. And all of a sudden, three, four, five months later, I have a manuscript. I have a book. If you look at at trying to write as, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to write a 100-page, a 200-page, a 300-page book, that's overwhelming. But if you break that down to, I'm going to write one page today, that's much more palatable. That's much more doable. And it's kind of the old joke, how do you eat the elephant? You eat the elephant one bite at a time. So don't look at the don't look at the end game. Look at what can I do today? I'm going to write a page. I'm going to write two pages. I'm going to write 10 pages. Whatever you feel motivated to do, do that. And then all of a sudden, you will be surprised how quickly you have an actual manuscript. So, Mr. Tucker, are there any upcoming projects or books you are working on the way you can share with our listeners? I am. I, I'm working. I don't have a, a title yet, um, but Sustainable Excellence is a book about success, about how I believe people can become successful in life. I wanted to write another book that started with another word, with another uh, or started another word that began with S, and that was significance. Success is what we do for ourselves. Significance is what we do for other people. And I think it's incredibly important that we all live a life of service. I think we, we tend to think, certainly here in the West, that we are born empty. And that once we get out of school and we sort of get into life, that our job is to fill ourselves up, to fill up that emptiness. And we do that by trying to get a good education and trying to have a good job and trying to make a lot of money and drive a nice car, live in a nice house, have a great family. And we think that somehow by filling ourselves up, that we will somehow be happy or fulfilled. And Daniel, what I found is it's just the opposite. We're not born empty. We're born full. We're born with everything we need to be successful in our lives already inside of us. We just need to find it, pull it out, and use it to our benefit. So our job should not be to fill ourselves up. Our job should be to empty ourselves out with our unique gifts and talents, certainly for our benefit, but also for the benefit of our families, of our friends, of our communities, of our country. And I think if you do that, if you lead a life of service, if you lead a life of emptying yourself out to make other people's lives better, you'll be incredibly happy, you'll you'll be incredibly fulfilled, and you'll be you'll have a much better life than all those people who think I've got to have the latest and greatest. I got to have the latest cell phone, the the latest automobile and things like that. There's always one more thing for those people who are trying to fill themselves up, that they think if they get that, that will make them happy. And they're always chasing something that they'll never obtain. And I think that's peace and love within their heart. 
Very well said, Mr. Tucker. So what's the most rewarding aspect of being an author? It's the conversations I have with people who read the book. It's the people who reach out and will say to me, there's there's always one of the 10 principles that people will say, okay, number seven really resonated with me or number two really resonated with me. And that's a great starting point from an author, from my perspective, and from somebody who's read the book to have a conversation. And, and I've had so many great conversations with people who've read the book and just want to just want to talk for a few minutes about what it meant to them or give me a story that one of the stories they read in the book reminded them of that they experienced in their lives. So for me, it's really about the connections that I've made with the people who have read the book. I, I didn't I didn't write the book to make money. I didn't write the book to, to get famous or to get more speaking engagements. I honestly wrote the book to try to make a positive difference in people's lives. And I'm sure there's there's many people out there that have read the book that never reach out, that, that never want to, to have a conversation about it, but it still had an impact on them. But it's so great for me to listen to people who have read it and want to get in touch and have a conversation. So it's for me, it's really just been a great opportunity to connect with other people. Yes, indeed, Mr. Tucker. And thank you for sharing your talents to the world. And can you please invite our listeners to buy Sustainable Excellence? Yeah, please. I, I mean, it's, it's available anywhere you can get a book online. Uh, through Apple, through Barnes & Noble, through Amazon, through pretty much anywhere you can get a book online, you can get Sustainable Excellence. So please, by all means, reach out. And once you read it, please reach out to me. Let me know what you think. And, um, you know, I mean, some people don't like it. I, I've had one or two that, it, sorry, it didn't do anything for me. That's okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're people. We, we like different things. And, and that's that's fine with me. There's been so many great people that have read have. Uh, reached out and, and talked and commented about the book that I, I absolutely think it was something that I was supposed to do. And I'm really proud of the product that I put out there. Definitely. And do you think, Mr. Tucker, that rejection make you perfect? I think rejection makes you perfect if you learn from it. Um, I, I, I remember the quote from Nelson Mandela, the former president of South Africa, who said, I never lose. I either learn or I win. And I think that's that's incredibly important to keep in mind, especially when you're trying to, if you've written a book, trying to get somebody, whether it's an agent or you're trying to get it published by a, a publishing company, understand there's going to be a rejection. Again, like I said, some people have read Sustainable Excellence and it didn't really do anything for them. That's okay. We're, we're different. We're all different people. We like different things. But don't quit. Don't give up just because you've had rejection. There was a, a children's book many, many, many years ago, back probably in the 1940s, uh, called Curious George. And it's a huge, huge book, especially here in the United States. And the story behind that is this, this author had, had, had like, I don't know, 40 different opportunities to pitch his book to a publishing company. And he'd had 40 rejections. And he was literally done with the book. He was not going to try to get it published. He was walking home in New York City and he ran into a friend of his. 
And the friend just happened to have gotten a job as a publisher with a company that sold books and published books. And so he, he just happened to see this man on the street. They were old classmates. And that man ended up publishing his book, Curious George. So if, if he hadn't continued to move forward, if he hadn't, you know, as down as he was, it only takes one person to say yes to your, to your project, to your book. So don't be discouraged, whether it's a book or whether it's something else in your life. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. Keep growing. Someday it'll, it'll happen. May not be tomorrow. May not be this year. But someday if you're doing the right things you'll get there. Definitely, people. Believe in yourself and don't quit. <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it, most especially if you have the passion of doing it. Everything that uh, on earth that you have the passion of doing it, go for it because someday you will be successful in life. So, Mr. Tucker, lovely talking to you. Daniel, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Money gone, people. See you soon.